Welcome to the Connected Spirit Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Dawson. I'm a working medium, spiritualist minister, certified spiritual life coach, and mentor. My goal is to help support today's modern mediums and spiritual seekers in making strong connections with their own spirit and spirit helpers. I will share all I know about mediumship development and spirituality. I invite you to join me on this journey. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. My next guest is a modern-day spiritualist medium who grew up in and around Bury, Lancashire in the UK. He was awarded the Spiritualist Nationals Union prestigious Gordon Higginson Memorial Scholarship Award in 2016 and has since been awarded a Certificate of Recognition with the SNU in speaking, demonstrating, and teaching and has met the standard to become a trainee tutor at the Arthur Finley College. He is known for his compassion and dedication in serving others, searching for proof of survival of the soul after physical death. This belief has led him to seek the various highest in standards in mediumship and knowledge of the soul and spirit. I am so pleased to welcome Adam Berry to the show. So nice to have you here, Adam. Thank you for having me, Courtney. It's wonderful to be here and to finally meet you after all this time as well. Yes, it's so nice. Um, I actually found you online and just saw some of your work and I haven't attended yet, but I will try to. Um, when you do the sitting in the power, it works usually at the same, yeah. usually have it going at the same time when I'm doing private readings in the morning here at home. So I'm like, yeah. ah, I got to balance it, but yeah. I really want to check it out. And then I've seen uh, some interviews and um on YouTube. And I love YouTube because you really can watch everybody in their own element and get an essence of who they are. And yeah. I was really intrigued by you. And I thought, oh, I'd love to have you on the show. And I'm so privileged to have you. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you. So you have a really unique story of how you grew up and how you came into this understanding of these mediumistic powers of awareness. And I'm wondering if you could maybe share a little bit about your backstory and how you came to a place where you decided, I'm, I'm going to start developing. Yeah. Well, it sort of started, um, you know, like many mediums, they have like a and knowing or feel a bit different as they're growing up as children. Mm -hmm. Now, I wasn't a child that saw spirit, spirit people or anything like that, but I was very sensitive. So I was sensitive uh, within friendships, within family. I was very quiet and very subdued, really, as a child. And, you know, when um, through that subduedness as well, it, it was creates, I suppose, some emotional issues for me. And mm -hmm. um, it's quite, I don't want to say dysfunctional, but it wasn't your, um, your, um, I don't know what to, how to, how to put it, your conventional family growing up because I was brought up by my grandparents. So, um, uh, for, for reasons beyond my control and, and beyond my parents' control as well. So, mm -hmm. um, there was all these things that you sort of hold on to these, limiting beliefs and conditions and, and all sorts of things that made me very shy. Mm -hmm. So um, I developed um, as an, from a younger age a, a drink problem. 
Um, you know, like from uh, by the age of 18, I was in a detox um, and I was having to dry out. Uh, this was the accumulation of my real dad passing away when I was 17. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was always in me t- with this addiction because it was just part of my personality about coping and numbing the emotions. So there was always yeah. some sort of distractions somewhere. So what happened then? I mean, I, I always had this knowing about things, but I joined Alcoholics Anonymous. And that really, uh, when I stopped drinking, it really opened up because they obviously do the 12 steps in Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah. And it opens you up to this belief of a higher power. Yes. And with this sort of understanding, I could understand this belief of a higher power and it, and it sort of, brought out within me more of this psychic nature that I didn't understand too well. So things were happening that I knew that how could I possibly know that? And for example, um, we've got a friend in Australia, not heard from them for months. And I just sat down and started writing to them. Um, and then my mum phoned up and said, oh, Mandy's just phoned from Australia, seeing how we are. So there was that synchronicity as well. Yeah. And all these things that I couldn't understand was happening. Um, I used to read the tarot cards. I met my best friend at 16 and and I loved the tarot cards. Uh, that was from a phase of my sister when, she, when I was eight years old and I used to sneak in a bedroom and get her tarot cards. So that always um, inspired me with uh, the mysticism of things. Yeah. I, I loved, there was a a shop called Spooks in in a place called Haworth. And I loved going in there and I loved going in the Corn Exchange in Affleck's Palace in Manchester. And they had all like this new agey stuff, all these um, tarot cards, crystals, and um, them electric ball, I don't know what they're called, but them electric ball things. And and I loved all that. So it was kind of like this exciting um, thing about all these... Um, I don't know, these these ways that I didn't understand. And it was all new agey stuff. And obviously I think the, the tarot cards are kind of new agey as well. Yeah. And what happened was to follow was uh, with my best friend, it was her that was hearing the voices. Uh, oh. Yeah, she was hearing the voices and things were happening to her. And she ended up going to a spiritualist church uh, to a de- development place or awareness at the time. I went to babysit the children and come back and there was like a group of us and we're all like waiting to hear what happened when she went. So it was never really about me uh, developing this. I just had this interest in it and, and also yeah. astrology too. Um, and it's this, when you find these like-minded people um, and then it just grows and grows. So, so we all went to a spiritualist church. So I'm 19 by this time. And we went to this spiritualist church, a local spiritualist church in Bury, and we thought that this medium was, um, you know, she'd been that she comes every week, and all these people come here every week, and and it must be a fix, you know. How does she know that about these people? And we just couldn't understand it. And she never actually came to any of us. There was about eight of us there, and as we uh, we didn't realize it's kind of etiquette to leave the medium alone after they've done the demonstration or the service, but we're all sort of sat around her like she's some alien and asking <laughs> questions. 
Well, I wasn't asking the questions because I was very quiet. It was my, but my best friend's a lot louder. Um, and she actually went round the room, round the circle of us. But she says, where's John? Where's John? Sorry, no, she said, where's the hairdresser? That was it. Where's the hairdresser who should have been here? Well, our friend John should have been there. And we're like, oh, my God, how did she know that? Yeah. Um, and she did. And she continued to go around the circle of us and, and give us all a piece of information. And she gave, she gave me a piece of information that I said, no, I don't understand that. And she said, well, who's Peter then? Well, that was my dad in the spirit world. And it was wow. like, and it, and it sort of made sense what she said. And I'm like, oh my, and everybody gasped. And I think from that point, it propelled me to be more intrigued about the spirit world, uh, wanting to know where my dad was, wanting to know and understand um, what was happening. And I used to go every week to the spiritualist church then. And, you know, it was um, it was actually, that was a, a, a Spiritualist National Union uh, church that I went to, first of all. Mm-hmm. But it was actually a Christian spiritualist church that I went to for many years. Um, and it was like every Thursday night, that was my solace. That was my, I just loved the energy in the place. And yeah. I suppose it didn't really matter if you got a message or not. There was just something and I always sort of likened it to there's this similarity to AA and within spiritualism. Yeah. Maybe it was the community, maybe it was the belonging. But I knew that I could interact with anybody in the church. Whereas when I was in Alcoholics Anonymous, I always felt I can only communicate with other alcoholics, whether it's about drinking or not drinking. And, 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 and that, that's me personally. But when I went to the spiritualist church, it was just different. And I got involved in healing because somebody from the platform said, you should be a healer. Well, it made sense because, like, from being a child, I used to put my hands over the dog. We used to have this Yorkshire Terrier called Lucy. It was very na- It was a nasty little thing. <laughs> and I just remember putting my hands over, no, like hovering over her. And, and she'd just go down and go to sleep. And I believed at that time, so that was a very young age, and I believed at a time that there was, there was a power that wa- ran through me yeah. and that was able to calm and now in that terminology to heal. Yes. Um, but it was just a natural knowing. So I continued with uh, the healing and then people from the platform started to say, you should be a medium. You should start going to the development circle well, it was one thing that I never believed I was. You know, yeah, I might have got visions. I might have been great with the tarot cards and being able to read them. But when it came to mediumship, I wasn't sure. And, mm-hmm. you know, I sat in a awareness class for 18 months and really not nothing much happened. Um, and I was dedicated, you know, like every week to go. But I now know that that was the most that was happening because I was sat next to people that were having these wonderful journeys in meditation and I really wasn't. It was all blank. There was there was nothing. In fact, I'd just go off somewhere else and I'd get told off by the teacher <laughs> for not being disciplined and following what, what she needed to say. And, and so, 
you know, I just became this uh, workshop junkie, I suppose. <laughs> I just, yeah. I just loved learning about it. Um, it always seemed, it, it always admired. I was sorry, I was always um, admiring the mediums that were up on the platform and thinking, how do they do that? Mm-hmm. You know, coming from someone that's really shy, how do they actually do that? And you know, it's and there was a, a lady that was uh, used to go, "Can I come to you, love? Can you take that, love? That'll do for me, love." And and I thought she's great. You know, it was just amazing at, at the time. And I did it, it. What what was the game changer? I suppose was when my friend Robin said, you're coming to the Arthur Finlay College. And I was about 23 years old at the time. And and I remember booking it and not really knowing what was going to happen and where I was going. Mm-hmm. And I, I we, we ended up going. And I remember being at the airport. We, we could flo- fly from um, Blackpool to Stansted. And there was a lady there, and she was called Jill Harland. Now, I didn't know who she was, but she was a tutor at the college. And she actually gave my friend Robin a reading whilst we were having a coffee. Well, I'd never experienced anything like it in my life. It was the information that she gave, the presence that I could feel, that I knew that it was his mum. And I couldn't understand why it felt so different. But when I went to the college, you could really understand the difference because all the tutors seemed to be like that and there was just this presence and this this wonderful uh place to learn i mean it was it was magnificent i mean some people would refer it to hogwarts at the time you know with harry potter yes um i mean that's that's what it was named when i when i went there and it was at the time i had a, a tutor called glenn edwards he yes. was the first. He was the first tutor that I had, and he actually introduced me to the sitting in the power mm-hmm. at the time. So this is all back in two thousand and five, and um, it was Glyn that said, "If only and this was in front of everybody in the sanctuary. If only young Adam knew how much potential he had." And it was like I wanted to crawl underneath the the actual chair, um, and I suppose from that experience, I followed Glyn for some time after mm-hmm. the college. Again workshops and I I really wanted to there, there was something within that really wanted to go forward with this but I didn't really know how to and uh, and I was really looking uh, going to the different workshops and and yeah it was it was kind of like you get excited about the weekend workshops and you're yeah. like I'm gonna start doing this now and then Monday comes you're back at work Tuesday life's back to normal you know it's and you could never uh, I could never sort of uh, get moving forward and I still couldn't understand how mediums could stand on the platform so it was it was something um that I really struggled with but you know I I did keep on learning keep on uh, going to the workshops and it was wasn't until at 2011, I went back to the college. So there was kind of like a big gap. Yep. And, and I think it was like a time where I was truly ready because yeah. it was something where my husband, Sean, he'd had a heart attack in that year. 
and, and, and other health issues. And, and he came into a bit of money and he just said, I'd like you to go to the Arthur Vinley College because every time that you speak about this place, you smile Aww. and and I really want you to go back. So I did and I booked on Tony Stockwell's week, which was Embracing the Spirit. Love Tony. I mentor yeah. with him. He's amazing. He is. He is. And there was a, a lady called Jose Goschok uh, from the Netherlands who uh, she gave me a private sitting and it was just amazing how she um, got every aspect about what was going on in my life at that time. And she says, you should get in touch with Mavis, Mavis Patilla. She's, you know, she's, she's local to you, I'm sure. And, and so I started to follow this breadcrumb trail. Yeah. And, and then I ended up uh, going on one of Mavis's courses. And Tony was on that as well. It was in Disley. They have these weekend work, work courses at Disley in, near Stockport. And Tony was on it and... I ended up having a, a sitting with Mavis and she said to me in three years time, you'll be a professional platform medium. And wow. Like, what? <laughs> I don't get that with, especially when you, the way that you're feeling at the time. Yeah. Um, but, and she directed me to a, a church um, and I followed that place to the church and that didn't feel quite right. So I then became a bit, stalemate again because it was that excitement again I'm on the right track and then nothing and then what was to happen was my little friend Edith who uh, um, you know we used to go on courses together uh, and she asked me if I'd like to go on this course which was at Disley and I, I knew I couldn't because of work I knew I couldn't get the time off so she um, that was in my mind and I, and I told her that I couldn't go. But I had this dream a few months later. And it was that I saw Mavis on a train platform. And and we were walking and said hello to her. And we started walking down this train platform. And she just turned around to me and says, are you coming on my course, young man? Oh. And I went, I can't. I can't, Mavis, because I work. And, and the look of disappointment woke me up. It actually woke me up. And, and, <laughs> and it was like... Maybe it's five o'clock in on a Sunday morning. Um, and I thought, how am I going to get out of this thing I'm doing at work to be able to go on this course? And I thought, hang on a minute. I've not, I don't even know what this course is about. So, <laughs> so I grabbed my phone and I went on Mavis's website. And that's when I saw the mentorship flash up. And it was, honestly, it was like a thunderbolt to my stomach. And, the, and I read it and I thought, this is everything that I've needed and want. And um, I remember um, going actually booking on it without asking my my partner, because <laughs> I just knew it was right. Yeah. But I was just so excited. And and to me, you, you had to have like an interview as well with Mavis. And it was, to me, it was like getting into university. It was. Yeah. And when she accepted that I could go on it, it was like, wow, I can't believe it. Because I'd, I'd always struggled academically with with things, with being dyslexic. So um, when this came around, it's something that, wow, this is something I'm really passionate about and I really want to know more about. And this was my opportunity. So I then studied with Mavis uh, on the mentorship and she brought everything together for me. 
Um, I couldn't pray before uh, Mavis got hold of me. Um, <laughs> I couldn't speak before Mavis got hold of me. Now, I always say, it's, it's like in my book, uh, she, she gave me the voice and it was only to, it was only fair that she did the forward in that because uh, she really did give me the inspiration or enabled that inspiration for me to, um, to find my voice uh, and who I am. It was all part of it. So at the end of that uh, 18 months, I was actually taking my own services. So wow. it was, and, and again, and, and it's always learning, growing and understanding. Yeah. And, and because of Mavis's teachings, I was able to, I, I started to do the SNU qualifications as well. So it's like the platform accreditation yeah. scheme. I started to do all that and it all really complemented everything that I'd done on the mentorship. So um that was my pathway really of of coming in and then it just sort of unfolded i never planned or set out to work at the college to get the gordon higginson memorial scholarship everything to me has just been um, a natural process really of um moving forward and it's it's been tough i've got to say it's been tough as well Mm -hmm. With, with all the setbacks and, you know, it's it's not all sort of love and light on this journey. It's It can be quite hard and um, it, there's, a, there's a lot of things that you s- sort of learn and understand um, about people and situations and, um, but, you know, it's it has been a beautiful journey of understanding. When I look back at myself and how I was and, and some of my friends, it's like spiritualism really has changed my life because, um, for one, it's it's helped me within my sobriety because it's it, there's a purpose there. I know that yes, I have a purpose within this within this world, um, and I know that it doesn't limit to just mediumship. There's there's all sorts of things that we have, all the faculties of our soul. If we just allow it to and enable it to unfold, we can we can do anything it's it's limitless so yeah i suppose i don't know if i said too much there about the, the the journey or if you want me to say any more on that but no whatever you want to share adam it's absolutely it's authentic it's raw it's real And people think that they're, I don't know why, but people have this stereotype that you have to have seen spirit your whole life. I have, but I didn't have an understanding of what I was actually seeing or experiencing. So to me, it was all, I was all full of fear. So was it brilliant and was it amazing and love and light? No, because I didn't have the understanding. And And it's this journey of discovering of self and learning more about yourself. And like you said, learning about others. And it's not an easy road. Do you ever find, um, I find this from my own personal experience, but do you find, Adam, sometimes it's a lonely lonely journey? Absolutely. I, I really do. And, you know, sometimes, I mean, it's, it's sort of like a double whammy in, in some ways because um, I know that through my sexuality, because I identify as a, as a gay man, mm-hmm. um, there's there's always that sense of um, being different growing up as a child anyway and having those different feelings. Mm-hmm. But having that extra sensitivity as well as from the mediumistic point of view and mm-hmm. the psychic point of view, it's like I really don't know which which one 
it was or whether it's accumulation of both. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I think it is, it, it does make you feel like a, you're in a lonely place. I remember at school as a child, I always had to be encouraged to jo- join in with the kids to go and play because I'd stand at a corner and and I'd just watch, I'd be a people watcher, you know, and that's, yeah. but then I'd be encouraged. But don't get me wrong, as soon as I was encouraged and, and I was welcomed into that group, I would play like the rest of the children, you know, I, I wasn't, yeah. you know, so it's, it's just that it was always them first steps. I just needed that encouragement with everything. And that's been the story of my life, really. Yeah, I think a lot of people can relate, even myself too. Um, and it's not just to talk about me, but I, I know myself and some other people. It's kind of like we're here, but we don't know why we're here and where's our place in this world and how do we fit in. And until we know that, we kind of stay over here quiet. And I like how you say, you know, you people observe. I do that all the time. I do. And it's observing and learning and I guess sensing and just seeing kind of reading the situation, if you will, before you engage in it. And then you do and you open up, but it's, um, you know, the spiritualist church or spiritualist centers, there's something really magical about them where it doesn't matter who you are who you love, what the color of your skin is. None of that stuff, those labels matter. When you come in, I find it was like coming home and I found my tribe. And now that I'm on, you know, gone from just a member of the congregation to a minister, I see people that come in as well and find it and they go, this is what I've been waiting for my whole life. And then it's this journey of learning and in some respects, unlearning certain things right and um do you find what was it in particular about spiritualism that maybe helped you embrace and understand more about yourself and bring you to this place of your in your life right now where things are more in a flow if you will and you're using your mediumship and you're helping and you're serving others yeah i suppose it was just um through experience and gaining confidence but I always likened the seven principles of the SNU spiritualism to the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm. I just feel like the, the seven principle or the 12 steps are a broken down version of the seven principles. And I remember sitting in a spiritualist church one day and, and I thought I went through a, a stage of um, going through a list of all the people that had ever hurt me in my life. So it was about that. Because we can hold on to things where people have hurt us. And yeah. it's like that that Buddhist saying that uh, we're, we're drinking poison and expecting the other person to suffer. Yeah. And, and, you yeah. know, them, those people don't really know what they've done. Oh. And But you're holding that. And, and I realized that I'd see people in, like, the supermarket and I'd think, and I'd say hello to them and I'd think, what have I said hello to them for? After what they did 10 years ago. You know, that's... And it sounds daft, but I know that this is a pattern in human behavior where we can't deal with things, where we we struggle to deal with emotions. Now, I was struggling to deal with my emotions. I'm a different person now where I have to to express something. Um, I'm not good at bottling things up and I have to express things. But what I started to realize, I must have uh, wrote down all these things and I actually made appointments with these people. And I sat down and, okay. and I went through, I felt like this 
all this time ago. So it was a very uh, natural counselling element to it. Mm-hmm. Some of my friends were really worried about me at the time. <laughs> it's like, but it's like, I've got to do this. I know I've got to do this. And some of it was really like some people were really upset. I can't believe that you felt like this. Some people denied ever saying that. Mm-hmm. And I remember coming back uh, to the house that I had at the time and I lived on my own and I thought, you know, I've made things worse and I remember sobbing, I've made things worse. And then this feeling came over me is that you know and they know the truth. Yeah. You've spoken your truth and they know. And do you know what? That relationship even changed without them accepting that they'd hurt me. But they had accepted it within by the way they treated me from then on. So uh-huh. so things did change. And, and I used to think, gosh, this is like step nine, where it's like this in step nine in, in Alcoholics Anonymous, if I remember correctly, um, is about making amends with people. Yeah. And it's usually about the alcoholic or addict uh, saying that they're sorry to other people. Well, obviously it was the other way around for me in, in some ways, but but it was such a healing experience. And, and, I, and I liken sort of step nine to... Um, principle five which is um, personal responsibility yeah and I took full responsibility of my life and I chose not to be a victim in life anymore mm-hmm. and really when I was um, facing these people they became the victim of, of what I felt I'd suffered all that time mm-hmm. But what the beauty of it was that there was a, a resolution within it all and and really that it, it lifted the things, it lifted the the poison that I was drinking. It was it lifted all the emotions that I was feeling and holding and the baggage I was carrying for so long. So I know that spiritualism in, in that way was was about that. Mm-hmm. And and I know healing um being in the presence, because I know um, about the power and the presence and um, that power when we engage within it has the power to move us and yeah. you know, and it has the power to lift us and and I th- think for my involvement within spiritualism and my being al- um, allowing myself to um, accept these changes because do you know what it's not all roses, it's chaos and contemplation to yes. get the evolution within your soul yeah. because you've got so much that you're holding on to, so many conditions, so much, so many things. Yeah. And I never used to cry. And then all of a sudden I started crying at the smallest thing. And so it's my sensitivity that that wall was breaking down, that shell, that protectiveness that I had was breaking down. That's what spiritualism did for me. And yeah. And it was with all the the people that I met, but I, it was it was a natural thing. I believe my soul helped me. Um, Absolutely. Well, that's 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 how I feel because my soul wanted to come into its purpose, and the only way it could come into its purpose is to help me, and um, so we could focus and move forward, and not have any of this baggage. And you know, don't get me wrong. We'll, we all have some sorts of baggage and hang-ups and, and things. Yeah. 
and some things never go away and we have reactions to to actions that other people may do within our lives but do you know what the key is is awareness of that as long as we are aware of those reactions that we have we can learn to sort of tame them or be the the one that can apologize to people or or whatever you know it's it's just one of them one of them things about self-awareness and understanding now i believe spiritualism brought to me the awareness and understanding i think i had to go through that process first because i was developing for 11 12 years before i got up on the platform so it was something that needed to happen um, with me before i needed to know myself a little bit more before Mm -hmm. exposing myself on on the platform and being vulnerable i get it because there was one time where I did get up too soon and I remember giving the information and it was absolutely correct because the lady came up to me two weeks later, but she wouldn't take it at the time. And it was because she was embarrassed and it was a mom and she was an alcoholic and she wouldn't take it. And, but that destroyed me the two weeks Mm -hmm. that I had to think about that. It destroyed me. And and it took some time to get back up, and it was it was Mavis that that helped me to get back up on the platform, and and Mavis's teachings also is about uh, being the whole medium, you know, being a medium's medium, not just having the faculty of mediumship and demonstrating, yeah, but about the spirituality and what it means, you know, like how to know and understand yourself. So she was giving us tools to help us to understand ourselves and not mm-hmm. to become a clone and not to be um, to be our own person, our own people, and yeah. and, and express the, the the God inside us, express the soul of us, and and connect with spirit how we're supposed to connect in the most natural of way. And, and, you know, one thing that she taught me as well when I just sort of moving on there with about the spirit world is that the spirit world are people. They it's, are. They are. Yeah. Sisters and brothers. And, you know, yeah. sometimes we, we, we've gone in classes and, and which they're just treated like bits of information. I know. And, and it's terrible. And that's one thing that Mavis um, taught me. And I always knew that the people, of course, but it was her putting it in certain ways and you think, yeah, I get that. And when you understand that, you get the the reverence of of working with those people. Now how would you how would you treat them on the street? Yeah. Would you would you demand the name and telephone number and all these sorts of stuff? You'd you'd have this um this way of communication of ice breaking and you know all these these yeah. different things. Um, so yeah, it was, it's, it's been a, a whole mixture. I feel lucky, even though I've had quite some turmoil in my life, mm-hmm. I feel quite lucky to have gone through what I have for the understanding that I have now. Um, and sometimes it's, it's taken that and I, I have been to the depths. Uh, I've got to say that I have been to the depths of not wanting to be here yeah. and, you know, what is the purpose in life and and that's not a very nice place to be and being treated for you know with medication and all sorts of things throughout my life 
Um, but again, spiritualism, I'm not on any medication anymore for years and years. You know, I end up stopping smoking. I used to smoke. So it's it's as if like there's there's just this this way of I don't need those um, vices and and things. My only vice now is probably chocolate. Well, I think that's allowed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Spiritualism is so beautiful in that it is not only a religion, it's a philosophy and it's a science and it has a huge component of healing outside of just the, the spiritual healing and that it helps bring wholeness and health to the body, mind and spirit. And so people like you who have, you know, gone through moments in their life where we've had vices or, you know, for moments in time, you know, someone may have needed to use some medication, which fine, that's what it's there for. Um, But it can help you get to the place where you're you don't need it as much or less reliant on it. And that's what I see with spiritualism. And it is the most incredible movement religion um, that I can think of. And, and honestly, spiritualism has been around since the beginning of time. It just didn't have that label and it is just so beautiful. I love your story. It moves me so much. So you do weekly a sitting in the power I do, yes. Do you want to talk a little bit about sitting in the power and how you got into doing these weekly sessions online? Okay, so I'll just start with how the power really was. <laughs> I told you I went on Glenn Edwards' week, yeah, uh, this week in 2005. He showed us, he sat us in the discipline of sitting in the power. And I have to say from that week, I wish I knew I had, I knew what it was, but I, I must have spent the next 11 years trying to find out what this power was. And um, it wasn't until I, uh, another medium said to me, Adam, why do you keep searching for the power when it's always within and around you? Just embrace it. And I thought, wow, it is, isn't it? It is. Because my mediumship was kind of stop, start, stop, start. And I saw it as I'd been someone that I always like to use the analogy of a car. So I was taught the techniques in, in the way of I could change the gear, I could turn the wheel, and, you know, I could put the brake on, certainly, but I couldn't put the gas on, the accelerator, and the accelerator is the thing that's going to keep you moving. Yeah. So I was always not really understanding my power, my connection with the spirit world, but I was learning techniques. So it, it wasn't really going anywhere for me. So... Um, it wasn't until I got this further and deeper understanding of the power. Um, and that was probably a deeper relationship with God because that is fundamentally the power. And for my understanding of God, from it being a man sat on a cloud chucking thunderbolts at people who had done yeah. wrong, uh, to the spiritualist perspective of, the, the power is within the, the blade of grass and the mighty oak tree and the endless skies and, and all and everything and in between. You know, that's a that's a big, a big thing. And it goes into the the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, the higher power. So it, it was all sort of accumulating. Then it's as if like, I just got it. I just I just got it. I love this this feeling. And and I knew that it was really important for communicating with the spirit world because 
it it really on expanding the spirit within, which is expanding the soul as well. Well, the soul is the well. The auric field is the soul emanation. So that really, as the more that we expand and strengthen that auric field, and the auric field is then going into a higher vibration, which can meet the spirit world yeah. and be like that fine tuning, so that they can they can join together, and you can have that harmony of of communication. Now that's. That was what my aim was uh, within sitting in the power. But then I just started to realize, as I've said before, there was a lot more to it than that. Because as we are engaging within that power, we're actually unfolding the, the, the purpose of who we are. And I just thought it's a really, really important fundamental part of being human, of understanding spirituality. And because you think about it, not everybody is going to be a medium. No. But everybody's got a soul and a spirit. And, Absolutely. And everybody's got a purpose. So if we embrace that power, and it's just remembering that power, it's remembering that source that connects us, because our minds can distract and we can go down the addictive pathways. We can go uh, down self-destruction and um, you know, like being a workaholic or, or whatever it is. And even the issues within our families or workplaces or whatever, they can be a distraction to who we truly are. And we can forget who we are. We can forget about the power of who we are because of the the mundane material things that drag us down. Yeah. So um, I believe the power is is something that we just... Um, are able to tap into at any point. I believe we can just go there with the breath. No, just take a breath in, you, you, you're in the power. But it's just helping people to do that. So when I was president of Rockstall Spiritualist Centre, it was a case of I was the only one that had the education in the, in the centre on the committee and I couldn't do an awareness class and I couldn't do, I didn't have the time to do all these different things. And I just got inspired to do a sitting in the power hour every Monday night. Um, it would be something that could bring a little bit of income in. And do you know what? And I thought, do you know, we get the power in. We we sit in the presence of spirit and just watch where the inspiration and the help comes for the church, yeah. for the people that are coming. So that, to me, it was like a fundamental. So that was a real, really big inspiration for me and 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 push uh, to do that. And I, and I started to do it and I always had it in my mind to do it on Facebook live. So I'll get my phone on the rostrum and I'll do Facebook live whilst people were in the congregation as well. But I never, I never had the courage to do it because I thought all this technology is going to put me off the people that are there. You see, it was, it was just one of the, so I never did it. But then of course, because that, that started in 2019. It would be three years that I started in September, sitting in the power. So obviously we were all thrown into lockdown. Yeah. And that's where I started doing it online. And, you know, the, the first, I think the first few weeks I did it because everybody was had nothing else to do, I suppose, and it was, they were, they were all at home. You know, there was between 40 and 50 people. Wow. I'm doing sitting in the power. And, uh, and I did a little video for it just to 
Um, and it was all for donations for Rotten Stall Spiritualist Centre as well, because, and that was our only source of income. And honestly, you know, I, I do believe in that, that um, when we set the intention. So really it was to help people during lockdown to have that time, because I, I would do it twice a week. I'd do it on a, on a Monday evening and a Wednesday morning uh, for the different time zones and, and what have you. So, um, and then my friend Suzette, she would take over on the Wednesdays when I was going back to work. So we, we kept things going and it just, it just, it, it was just amazing time really. And, but what happened was uh, last year, last January, I resigned from Ronstall Spiritual Center uh, for some personal reasons. And, and I decided then, you know, I've spent so much time looking after this one church and successfully, because le- we left it quite um, stable compared to when I'd uh, got the church, uh, took over it. And, and I decided that, you know what, it upset me that I'd heard that other churches were really struggling yeah. throughout lockdown, but suffering in silence. You know, they, they weren't like, you know, because a lot of people took to the Zooms and, and things online and they could they could support themselves. But what about the older people and the committees that couldn't? So I then changed the concept of sitting in the power to now this is a community, an online spiritual community supporting physical communities. So please come along, but support your church, your centre or your spiritual community. So Mm -hmm. it was enabling people to come and they could donate to their church. So... I was doing that and it, and it was and it was working and I get everybody to tell me which church you're supporting or representing and I'll tag them into the advert and and they'll know that they're being represented. And also another thing that I did uh, this year, I went through the SNU diary and yeah. some independent churches and I um, sent a leaflet. I was just going to show you the leaflet then. Oh, I've got one at the side here. Oh, not. Yeah, I've got one here. So I sent this. Yes. Okay. And that was, um, I sent it to every church. So there was over 300 churches. Wow. That's a lot. Um, yeah. And it was something that they can put up on the notice boards and put all their bank details on. And it was encouraging their congregations to come on sitting in the power but to support them and donate to them because I thought it's all well and good me saying donate to your local church, but how do they, how do they do, donate to the local church? So um, that was quite successful because I've had some more churches coming on. Um, it has gone. So it's like I said, we're in the third year now of it starting and we, we've just got a wonderful community every week you've got your staunch sitting in the power people that come yeah. every week week in week out you've got your people that will come on to the uh, recorded version on facebook live that was facebook live and you can see the comments coming out throughout the week and you know i, I just i call it like the spiritual gym yes so it's, that, it's, it's that time for people to come and the soul time with the divine so it's it's just a really important place and I just do it in a general way not for anything specific because it's it's something that we're we're all on our unique pathway of the soul so whatever is needed for the soul will be given to the soul during that time it might be words that you need it might be inspiration of creativity 
that you need or it might be some sort of developing and unfolding that is needed but that's down to the individual but I just and you know I'm just a facilitator uh, within that and just create the space for that to happen and I don't take any money for that it's my time is free mm-hmm. but you know all I ask is that they donate to their own churches because it's really important about the, the churches to be supported uh, yes. through these hard times and and just making sure that it's um, and and there's a lot of people from all over the world that come it's it's so good and we we actually did a um it was world mental health awareness week and i wrote a poem for it called loneliness and we created a video and it was offered out to the sitting in the power community first of all would you like to take part in this video and they all read a line from this poem and we did and it, and wow. you know what it's it's a proud moment and it really brought yes. awareness to mental health as well and everybody owned their line and it, it was such a powerful um experience but it's it's really brought like a family together of of sitting in the power and i think it's going to unf- uh, develop even more in in the coming months too well done it's beautiful that even though you've moved on and step down from that uh, position at the other church, you're still carrying on and being of service. And you're right. A lot of the churches, they don't have the same volume as far as congregation. So every penny they really rely on to keep the lights on, the doors open. Mm -hmm. And so any way that we can give back is incredible. So that's amazing. Thank you for doing that. Um, Mm -hmm. We need those churches. We need those people and those communities to stay to stay afloat. And it's we, honestly one of the most difficult things in COVID or during that time, particularly like the first two years was a lot of those places were closed. Yeah. And so where are people getting that connection with that community and with spirit? And, you know, it's nice. So many people could jump online, Absolutely. but yeah. you know, for those of you who are listening who are connected to a spiritualist center, give back, donate, support. Absolutely. Love your community. <laughs> because they need it. Uh, I know even our center, uh, it, it was challenging. It was challenging. And we're lucky to actually still have a brick and mortar place to go. And yeah. honestly, thank you, Spirit. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So I wanted to kind of move on to something. You have a love of poetry. <laughs> And you also have this amazing book called Soul Rise, uh, Soul Rise, which is a collection of poems, soul expressions. Do you want to talk about a little bit about your love of poetry, how you came into that? And, and then I want to read a couple of your poems. Okay. Yeah, I will do. I mean, I can't actually say I, I had a love of poetry. I've got to be honest. Where did that. this come from, Adam? I know, how did exactly. you get to poetry? Exactly. And I, I class myself as an accidental poet, if I'm honest. It's, it's, honestly, it's, it's very strange what, what happened. I mean, I wrote a poem a few years ago about my drinking, which is in the poetry mm-hmm. book. Um, and there was another one called Roundabout. And, and, yeah. and they, yeah, they was like ones that I just, uh, I wrote, not really thinking anything about it. And, I, um, you know, I'm, I'm not somebody that will just sit and just write poetry, but sometimes mm-hmm. what, what I found happens is when I want to express something, 
it just seems to start rhyming and and it's just it's just something and, and I can actually feel the power whilst I'm writing mm-hmm. it's uh and the right words come so and that's why I feel like it's a soul expression obviously my my experiences are filtered through that yeah and and it's a good way of me being um, able to express and quite cathartic with with some things yes and and obviously there's some that really didn't make the book um because they were too uh, personal in some ways but you know it was when I went on a on a a 10-day Vipassana retreat last year it was a silent retreat and you weren't allowed to be on your phone you weren't allowed to have a pen and paper it was pure silence and feeling isolation and there was a little fir tree in in the grounds and I used to go to that every day um I didn't know it was a fir tree at first I thought wow look at that tree and when you went up to it it's like oh it's just a fir tree but it just looks so magical from when the sun was glistening on it and and I used to sit on this bench and words started coming into my mind and I'm thinking I've not got a pen I can't write anything. Uh, what do you what do with this? What am I going to do? So yeah. I promised myself on the last day what I'll do, I'll take a picture of the tree and then I'll I'll see if I'm inspired when I get home. And sure enough, I was. But what started to happen, there was about, I was writing about three, uh, two or three poems each evening. And Sometimes I'd wake up in the middle of the night, be like two o'clock in the morning, and I'd grab my phone and I'd go on my, my notes on my phone and start to to write them out. And and I'd, all I was doing was putting them on nice picture backgrounds on memes, and I was just posting them on Instagram and uh, on Facebook, not thinking anything much about them. Just I'll, I will share these and see, uh, you know, just if anybody can relate with them and. The feedback I was getting from them was quite overwhelming because they were saying you should publish these and I was having people from churches saying could we use these poems for our services. I was having fellow mediums asking could I use this for an address and um, my lovely friend Suzette has been someone that's encouraged this all the way through and it's like because things can start happening where we're having a conversation and a word is said or a sentence and it's like I'm going to write something about that. I need to write something. And and that happens. And it was like when this poem called Share was was written, it was like, I need to stop sharing now, ironically. I need to stop sharing these now and and just collate and, and build these up. And there is actually a poem called Soul Rise. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. That's the one. That's one of them I'm gonna read. I love is it? it. Yes, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so that was that came the title of the book soul expressions soul expressions was actually an accident because i didn't want it to be just called a poetry book i wanted them to be called i wanted another word for poetry and so soul expressions was was brought in and it was actually the publisher that brought soul rise soul expressions as a sort of second title there so that's what that's what happened there and you know, all the encouragement that I had about publishing, it was probably the most easiest thing that I'd ever done. Really? It just, because it just all came together. I had everything ready. Yeah. All the pictures, all the, you know, and I just had to put it all together. I had all the poems and it was a case of just putting it uh, to the publisher. And then it was just waiting. And 
you know, it's just been so overwhelming the response from it. It's I've I've just loved every every minute of it. Really, it's been um, just people's healing from it. I've got people that have given me feedback that are using it in uh, counselling sessions. You know, obviously we've got people using it. I, I did a discount as well when I did the sitting in the power. Uh, poster i also sent a poster out to all the churches as well so that they could actually have it half price and that gave me gave them all a discount code so that they could have a copy if they wanted to and that was quite a good response as well mm-hmm. so so it was um because I, I realized that it was something to help people to be inspired and that was relatable to in some ways so yeah it was just it was so exciting i never thought that i would be in a book um, or pub, sorry, publish a book. I'm, so I was just thinking of the other book then um, that I'm in with Carrial Derucho's uh, Demystifying Mediumship. Um, I've got a chapter in that book. Um, so that's, that's sort of went in there. So in the space of a year, I was in two uh, two books. Um, obviously, one was Kerry's, but I had my very own book. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. Um, you know, your book. So everybody who's listening, Adam sent me a signed copy of the book so I can read it before our podcast. I read the book and I read it front to cover in, in one night and I read the poem, read a poem, and then I had to reread it because there's so much depth to it. You can, the emotions and the feeling are tangible, Adam, in it, and it touches the soul, which is perfect why you have titled that book. Um, There's so many in there. You can really see a lot of, um, you know, a spin or take on your own personal life, and then it starts moving and you can see this progression of your healing taking place within the writing. And, um, Oh, I'm getting emotional right now because it honestly, um, there's certain words, certain books that just touch the spirit and your, your book does. So I'm going to read this first one and it's called Soul Rise. And through the ages and test of time, the only sacrifices uncovered were mine. Disabled in thoughts and restricted in mind, believing in what you wanted to believe feeling left behind under a dark spell venturing through misty woods hit by the branches and never feeling good then a spark from within ignited a shock the soul starts to rise changing my luck the foundation my salvation my god or my love the spark from within a sure sign from above Life is for living, and it can take the school of hard knocks for the soul of our being to truly rise from beneath the rock. That is some goosebump stuff right there. Um, Very much inspired. So do you have, can I say, do you have a particular spirit uh, worker or helper that helps you with your inspiration or is it just come into downloads? How do you, how does this work? A culmination of you and spirit. How does this work? It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's definitely a combination of, of both. I, I believe that the, the poetry is an aspect of my soul and my creativity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I, I know that when I read some of the poems back to myself, 
it's as if like, gosh, I don't think I would have said it in that way. Or mm-hmm. where is that word come from? Is that really the right word to use? And um, so it's like there's like a questionable part of the poetry sometimes. And and I just think it's like getting this excitement to write. And it's like and I'm s- stuck in this this zone of writing. And, the, and then it's like this release when it's gone. And and so I do believe that there is a that there is an inspiring in the spirit world because I do sit sit with the spirit world with a friend um, every Wednesday evening and and it has become a, apparent that there there is somebody uh, very philosophical mm-hmm. and um, and I believe that uh, they may influence uh, some of the poetry. I can't say all because I have to take responsibility for uh, my own experiences, but. I do believe that it's it's the power of the spirit that enables me to express. And like I said, it's it's quite. Uh, we came to an understanding myself, myself and Suzette, uh, a friend that's been throughout the process of all these poems, and she says, uh, "You're a translator of experiences through words." Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I really thought, yeah, I, I like that. I think that's yeah because. It sort of takes you on a journey. Um, and I have started to write some poetry as well that I've, I've got one called Losing Losing My Mind because um, there is going to be another book that's going to be coming. And you I've answered got, my question. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. I've been still continue to write and there's one called Losing My Mind. And, and I've never experienced anybody with Alzheimer's or dementia, yeah. you know, I think my, my great grandmother had it, but I was about four at the time when she passed to the spirit world. So I'd never really understood the effects of it or experienced the effects. However, I wrote this poem that explained as if it's like somebody from the spirit world that had dementia or Alzheimer's and saying that there was like in God's waiting room, uh, they, you know, it, it wasn't really them that was there there was in in between sort of thing and yeah. and they really knew that um although um you didn't think they was there they, they now know that they truly did care because of maybe the emotions that was going on at the time yeah. and do you know what i, I shared that with the because i'll share it with a small group of people or friends just to say what do you think of this one i've written and you know what they've been in tears with it when I've when I've read it and some of them have experienced Alzheimer's and dementia within their family and it's like please can I print that please can I have that poem because it sort of shines a a light and a positive aspect on um people's experiences that go through that but like I said I've not been through that so I know that that's come from somewhere yes Um, and and I believe that I have been and I just allow whatever comes through there's been some quite um, revolution ones as well, you know, like power to the people poetry that comes through. Yeah. Um, there's been stuff about anxiety that I've and and depression and you know, obviously I've I've uh, experienced those things, but some things like I, I've I've written one that was quite uncomfortable, and I and I. And, and, I'll, and I'll explain it. And it's about cancer. And it's called the Big C. But it's about somebody who doesn't have any hope anymore. Mm. 
you know, and and the, and they're accepting it, and and really it was quite sad, and it was upsetting me to write it. You see, but yeah. and I'm thinking, I don't even know where that belongs, or what you know, it must resonate with somebody, but. It, it just felt inappropriate to share it and because it's not very positive. I'm really positive in, in things. And I always think there should be some sort of upliftment uh, to something, but that was like somebody accepting that this was the end of their life. Yeah. And what is afterlife? You know, it, it was um, sort of putting myself in that, in that position. So yeah, it's very interesting the way that it's evolving for me because it's changing uh, from Soul Rise, it's changing. And I will t- tell you the name. It's going to be called Whispers. Oh. So that's going to be the second book. Um, so, yeah, it's it's all quite... And I think it's going to have sort of a different feel again from that. But obviously, just going back to Soul Rise too, what, what was happening? Because I always forget to mention, it's got a reflections page where people yes, can... Yes, it does. Yeah, where people can actually, if something touches them within um, within the poem, they can actually write down the reflections. And, and I've left it blank so that they can put... They can draw pictures or, or whatever, however they feel creative to express in their way. And that came through uh, reading a poem called Acceptance to a colleague at work. And they said... Oh, I really love that poem, but it's making me feel a bit funny inside because I really go with it, but I don't know how to feel about it. And I says, "Do you feel like you need to write down?" And she says, "Yeah, I feel like I need to express." And that is where it, that was the inspiration behind that page. And I thought it gives people an opportunity to to reflect on each, yes. and, it, and it's a bit like a self development. Uh, Absolutely. Book, right? It, it's very, and I love the reflection because it's a, it's it's very therapeutic, if you will, like for, yeah. you know, in self-help books, there might be a blog or not a blog, but like a little article or a chapter you read. And then those reflections allow you to find the words to those emotions. Sometimes we don't understand what that feeling, that sensation, that emotion is. And when you just start writing it down, it just starts to flow and you go, holy smokes, I didn't know that was what was in me. And your book, Soul Rise, Soul Expressions, it it's so relatable because it doesn't matter if you're a medium or not. If you consider no. yourself spiritual or not, this book is for you and it's yeah. relatable. And it doesn't matter where you are today. We all yeah. have a story. We all have had our struggles and those parts of our moments of our life that we'd rather not remember, yeah. prefer other people not know. And sometimes there's like a shame with it. And yeah. I think that hinders our healing and our soul progression and our unfoldment. And yeah. it's like, no, clean out, clean out the cobwebs, you know, do some spring cleaning, heal. And, yeah. and through your book, people can do that. So wonderful. Yeah. Um, do you have any advice for people in their mediumship journey? Like for yours, you said there was the stop, go, stop, go. And you had I'll say different seasons of your development to, to where you are right now. Any words of advice for those people that are, you know, developing and working on their mediumship and they feel like I'm not making any progress, but yet they keep getting messages like similar to you. This is that potential within you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think 
Sometimes it's that saying, isn't it? When the student is ready, the tutor will appear. Yeah. And and I think that's what really happened with me. And and I think I needed to go through that that process and uh, life experience as well to that point uh, to be to be ready for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think students of today have to really question themselves on um, what is it that they really want to do. Is it that they want to uh, become the medium on the platform doing meetings? Um, is that what the soul really wants to do? Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes we can be fitting a square peg into a hole and. I believe that the full essence, I mean, anything that I would recommend is sitting in the power. Yeah. Self-reflection, personal development, really getting to know who you are to understand what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And because the downfall sometimes I feel and what I've seen within the mediumship world is that everyone will put everything into the mediumship. And then once they've done that, it's as if like they can sort of feel this sense of worthlessness without it, or if it goes wrong, then it's the end of the world. Yeah. And and I believe that's where competition comes in as well. And and I think we we have to look at our life grid and make sure we're putting um well, giving us as much attention to things in our lives as we possibly can, all aspects in our home and family, uh, yeah. work partnerships and and whatever it is and I think that's really important you know I'm still it's a works in progress for me because I can get so absorbed in in something and then uh, feel like I've neglected other things and you know it's it it, it's just life but again it's it's about being aware so I think um, anybody medium it's like just why is it that you want to become a medium is it about service um what what are the reasons that you want to become a medium and once you know that that is your purpose, then, you know, be yourself, be the natural medium that you are. Have um, a tutor or a mentor that is going to bring the best out in you, that's going to nurture you. Yes. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of teachers and a lot of choices these days. And, and I suppose it's, it's choose who you're drawn to. Um, and... Yeah, it's it's about the passion. Follow your passion in whichever way that is, and it, it might be that you're just a, a wonderful healer, you're a you're a wonderful speaker. Just allow them things to unfold. I realised that when I developed my speaking abilities, it deepened my mediumship as well because it it, it strengthened my vocabulary. But it also, I believe, when we understand the philosophy of our own soul we can understand the philosophy of the spirit world yeah love that because we have all this so even like through soul rise and all the experiences within that comes an understanding of different situations it's a bit like a songbook because you've got like the, the lyrics everybody will will look into it and, and have their own experience within their life and tap into that experience and have their understanding. Mm-hmm. And, and and what that does for other people, it will it will unfold something within them or express something within them. So I believe when we when we really go to the depths of understanding our own story, then of course we can be the storyteller yes. in the spirit world. Because I believe that the spirit world will 
um, they, they want to express what they want to express. And I believe that it's always a healing. There's always a purpose there and an understanding of why they, why they've come. It's, it took a lot of effort for them to come uh, to, to be oh, yes. a medium. And I think as a medium, it's important for us to understand ourselves so that we can understand every aspect of the message that's going to be delivered so that we can, you know, any hangups we may have about certain situations, it could be a, a spirit person that comes through that could have one of them hangups that you feel uncomfortable with. Now, how are you going to deliver that to the, to the person? Yeah. You know, it's so really looking at the awareness of self and personal development, I think it's key. And and I also think within spiritualism, there's a part within that through the principles that can reflect upon um, who we are as individuals. And like the 12 steps, I believe the seven principles can be the key to whatever's going on in, in life for the understanding. So anybody medium, please just be balanced, be um, you know, put your efforts into into everything within life, not just within mediumship. Yeah. Because it can be just one of them where people uh, can feel destroyed if it doesn't work out. And, you know, you've always got to have, you know, that that's life. And when we have our ups and downs within mediumship, it's the ebbs and flows. Um, yeah. Sometimes we can have a, a wonderful dem and it goes you know, like, I wish it would go like that all the time. And then the next, it could go as flat as anything. And, you know, that's that's the way that things go. And it's us having the resilience to to know and understand that as well. So I think it's it's about balance, personal development and and knowing. So that's that's one thing that I'd um, recommend to any anybody mm-hmm. needing that's, that's practicing and to get a lot of knowledge as well. Yes. Absorb the knowledge and learn about different mediums and different different ways and and different philosophies. You know, really educate yourself because the spirit world will use all that information as as in your memory to express mm-hmm. themselves. So learn as much as you can, experience as much as you can, and be open to um, the possibilities of of whatever magical healing can happen. And you can be the conduit for that. Absolutely. And those are great advice uh, words my mentor has shared with me when I got into the ministry training program. That was a five-year program. Yes. And uh, she said it's a very unique journey, uh, not even just the ministry training. It is the ministry, but mediumship too. It's a very unique journey and it is a discovery of self and learning more about yourself. And when you can learn and heal certain aspects of yourself, identify certain triggers, work through them, you become a clear conduit for the presence of the spirit. And your human issues, if you will, are going to less likely interfere with with that communication because you're the storyteller. We, we don't want to. We love you, medium, but we don't want to hear your story. We want to hear spirit story. And having, I think, a really grounded, uh, balanced approach, knowing that it doesn't have to be just all mediumship. Being a medium, I, I believe is it's a lifestyle when you get into it because it changes your perspective and your view on life. But also, too, you're still a spirit having this human experience and don't neglect that human experience. 
Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Because I think that's the thing as well, is that we all get too concerned about the spirit world, which they're absolutely fine, um, and we forget to live our lives. Yeah. You know, because we get so consumed in communicating with the spirit world that we forget to communicate with the, the actual living in this world. And um, I've been I've been accused of that with with some family members, and um, it's yeah. But it really puts in in perspective that you know, like they'll probably get more communication when when they pass to the spirit world. <laughs> you know that that sort of thing. But it's uh, it's 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 just one of them things. Because it's like I say, I'm, I'm so passionate about life after life, but I'm passionate about life within life. I think it's really important yeah. to live this human experience. You know, it's things, you start living at the edge of your comfort zone. And I've learned, I always used to retract from that. I always used to hide away from that. And now it's like, yeah, it might not feel comfortable, but let's take that step. Yeah. yeah. I, I did my first week at the Arthur Finlay College uh, a couple of weeks ago and it was it was German week yes. so it's kind of like on the you're on the edge of your comfort zone there because although it's you're quite passionate about teaching not only are you being assessed on that week but you're also uh, using translators it's a different language and so it was it was a whole mixture of, of different emotions that was going on mm-hmm. feeling a bit apprehensive at the beginning but to feel the joy at the end and and the impacts and the beauty of the students and you see them progress you know throughout the week and, and to me that is it's absolutely magical and for me to be able to put my spin and um, on on personal development and the and the spirit as well as mediumship well that makes me whole as a teacher to be able yes. to to feel that that I'm not just going there teaching people techniques to communicate with the spirit world but we're also there as uh, facilitators and nurturers of of people's soul. What what excites the soul? And yeah. no, I I just loved it. And it was it was called Pathways to Mediumship, and it was Minister Jackie Wright's uh, course, uh, who's now the the new president of the SNU now. Um, and it was just. Yeah, it was. I just really, really enjoyed it. But again, it's it's them comfort zones. So you never, you'll always have a comfort zone, and you'll always have a, you'll always have the the edge of it that you need to get past to experience. And then, of course, then that's a new experience that you that you're experiencing to to grow further and further and further. So the more that we experience the end of these comfort zones or the edge of them and crossing them, the more that we're going to learn. Absolutely. Keep pressing forward. Before we uh, wrap up today, I wanted to read this one poem that I love, and I'm sure I'm going to use it in a Sunday service because I I actually have a few of your poems tagged for my own um, use (laughs) in the church. (laughs) I love them. So this poem that I want to read is called New Wave. It's not out of reach and not out of sight. Although we all feel like giving up on the fight. The great spirit does call us or call to us from up above, trying to inspire minds to act as they should. We just have to accept that this will take time, trusting in the architect's plan a day at a time. One day we shall rejoice in a oneness for all, a soulful 
renaissance of the spiritual call. No ego to run from and no selfish intent. Only community and values on our time spent. Our family, our friends, our neighbors, our lovers, our children, our pets, our sisters and brothers. True kindness for all in our thoughts and our deeds. It's what the world craves for and what it truly needs. As we work on ourselves and feel the divine praise, these are basic principles for a spiritualist new wave. Amazing. Amazing. It, it's a beautiful gift to the world, this book. And I'm so grateful to have a copy of it. And it touches on so many different aspects of our human experience, of our spiritual experience, our spiritual selves. And everybody in the show notes, I'm going to put links on where you can get this book, get yourselves a copy. Adam, can you tell my listeners what you have up and coming and how they can get in touch with you? Okay, so obviously I do this in the power weekly. Um, I do actually work full time. I work in construction, which is something I've not said during this interview. Yeah. So, so I always find it quite kind of hard to um, do some spiritual work sometimes, mm-hmm. especially with with serving churches and things like that. But I have got some uh, a couple of weeks that will be coming up at the college that haven't been planned yet. Okay. So, so there to watch out for. Um, and and I will be doing maybe a couple of online workshops too. Um, so just um, watch out for that. There is a, a demonstration actually uh, coming up on the 27th of August. And that's a fundraising demonstration for the Journey Within. It's for the, uh, the, Fox, uh, the Fox School House project. Yes. So that is coming on. I'm working with my friends, Christine Bond, Catherine Tart, and Brenda Jenkin. So we're going to be doing a demonstration of mediumship on uh, at that time. So if you look at the Journey Within uh, website, I'm sure you'll be able to find it there, but it's on the 27th of August. So, yeah, it's just to, to look out. And if anybody is interested in... Now, I've got this amazing thing. I've got a, a lovely friend called Helen, and she helps me with all my technical stuff. She's the host um, behind the scenes on Sitting in the Power every Monday. Um, she helps me with my marketing, and, and she's just a, a fabulous human being. And she actually set me up this site called Linktree. Yes. So, so And that actually brings all my sites together. So if anybody's interested in what I do, you can, you've got access to my book, you've got access to my YouTube, you've got access to my website, Facebook pages, Instagram, all, everything is, is in there. So that's a link tree forward slash Adam Berry medium. Okay. I will put the, I will put that in the show notes and then you guys can just click on it, get all of Adam's info and check him out. And Adam, it has been so amazing having you on the show. Thank you. It's been Thank absolutely you. amazing. I've, I've really enjoyed it. I've just forgot to say something as well. Because sure, yeah. There's been, a, there's been a project my friend Helen has got, and it's called Helen's Hour, which is on YouTube. And it's there's a, there's a Facebook page as well. But uh, the last uh, interview, I did the interview with Helen, and it was with Dr. Raymond Moody. Oh, okay. 
So um, that's just being edited at the moment and it's soon to be released. So both myself and Helen interviewed Raymond Moody and and that will be coming out sort of imminently. So if you if people like Helen's hour on YouTube yeah. and her Facebook page, then they'll get the, the updates of when that's happening. But it's kind of like exciting because... Yes. And, and I didn't realise, have you read The Afterlife of Billy Fingers? No. Have you ever read that book? No. Well, it's, it's a book by Annie Keegan and it's it's a wonderful book. I read it uh, some years ago now and it's about a sister who loses a brother to the spirit world and he comes back to communicate and he really gives some brilliant evidence of telling us to go to places and to find things about where his car keys were and all, all this. It, it's, it's amazing. I, I loved it and they call it a true story because she's written it about a brother. Well, uh, Dr. Raymond Moody did the foreword for that. Did he? Okay. Yeah, which I've, I, I didn't realise until after we interviewed him. <laughs> so I'm writing this down because I'm a book lover. I have yeah. books and books and books. Um, sorry, it's Billy Fingers? The Afterlife of the Afterlife. Billy Fingers. Okay. Yeah. I am going to get myself a copy. Excellent. And I'll put a link in the show notes too. So if everybody's interested in the book, we can all go to the same place and get ourselves a copy. Yeah. Adam, it's so nice to connect with you. And it has been an absolute honor and privilege to share this space, to have you share your voice with my listeners. And you're welcome back anytime. And thank you again for the book. It's amazing. And it's going to be well used. I promise. <laughs> yeah, it is. At the moment, the book is um, because I had a fixation of that. It needed to be square. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want it to just be like a normal size book. It had to be square. Mm-hmm. That limited me to how it was produced. So, oh. yeah. So, but uh, so anybody that ordered the book through soulrise.com or.co.uk, sorry. Um, the, they could order it and, and I have to send it from my home or the publishers and it has to all come from the UK so it's kind of like been um, a time consuming process but the, the beauty of it has been is that I can sign it, personally sign it for people and I could, if people want to gift it to people I can write a note in and send it to them so that's been a, the beauty of it oh. but, but something's in the process at the moment where um, I've just ordered my next batch of books and um, it's just going to be a little bit bigger, just by four millimeters. And it actually makes it so it can be print on demand. So anybody around the world now can have, if they order the book through Amazon or through ever, through any bookstore that they, internationally, yeah. uh, they'll receive it within a few days because they'll actually print it in the country. That Perfect. So, so it's, it's changing. So Soul Rise is evolving now to be more uh, reachable to people, which is wonderful. And that's happening very shortly. This is exciting. I also saw that uh, the college has your book on the shelves too. Yeah, that was a big achievement. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I was so excited. And I never thought I'd be tutoring there. And I never thought in a million years I'd have a book in the in the shop as well. So it, and the, the thing that was surreal is that I had people running around the college trying to get me to sign the books um which was which was kind of surreal but it's it's been it's just been lovely a lovely experience and it and it just doesn't feel over yet either there's still things coming out with soul rise there was an a bit in the psychic news you know like a good read and 
there's there's other things. It's going to be uh, I'm going to be talking about it in SNU today, which I've just wow. done an interview um, about that as well. So it's 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 still going to be sort of flowing. So it's it's lovely, and obviously this podcast obviously uh, yeah. brings some attention to it too. So that's that's wonderful. Oh yes, it is worth the while um, for people to get a copy and read it and to promote it because it there's so much value to this book. Absolutely. Adam, it's been so nice to connect with you. And again, you're welcome back anytime. Thank you. I'd love to come back and, and thank you for your time and thank you for inviting me. Oh, my pleasure. I really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of The Connected Spirit. If you did, please leave me a review and a rating wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you do feel called to share this with your friends, thank you so much for tagging me on Instagram at Medium Courtney Dawson. It really helps to get the word out about this podcast so we can help more people just like you. If you're interested in a private reading or attending any one of my mentoring classes, workshops, or events, you can go to MediumCourtneyDawson.com or check me out on Instagram at Dawson. Have a great day, guys.